Hello and welcome. Hi. It's our first ever podcast. This is very exciting. Very exciting. We've wanted to do this for so long and we're here in Jover. Really nice space actually. We're in Fitzrovia in a really cool kind of like work up. Worker? Working. Co-working. Co-working. A worker. Co-work. Co-work. Definitely not a worker. Um, but yeah, so we're here. So for those that don't know, Jova is an amazing space in Fitzrovia on Charlotte Street. It's a coffee shop and it's also a co-working space downstairs. It's £8 an hour. You can book your time on the Jova app and you can just come here if you're out and about and you need somewhere to work. It's got quick Wi-Fi printers and it's absolutely perfect for startups and entrepreneurs and you, I mean you'll probably find us lurking in the corner yeah just say hi if you do <laughs> we should probably introduce ourselves so I'm Angelica I'm Alicia and together we run About Time magazine which is one of London's leading lifestyle sites um, dedicated to finding anything it's about time you tried whether it's a very fun bar or it's an amazing gingerbread latte. Or a carrot cake. Or a carrot cake. Anything that's worth your time and money, that's our, that's our gig. And yeah. today we are talking about unusual things to do in London. Where Each week we're going to deliver a different theme. So um, it might be cocktails, it might be... Street food. It might be street food. Who knows? It's going to be an absolute whirlwind. But today we're talking about unusual things to do in London. Absolutely. Looking at the best things to do in London and beyond... From food to fitness, bars to going out, this is the AT, the About Time Podcast. So, um, should we get to it? Yeah. What, what are the best unusual things to do in London at the moment? I think what we need to start with, and what has not, I think, gone viral, well, it kind of has, is igloo dining. Right. The concept is quite simple. Mm-hmm. You eat in an igloo. Okay. Is this a, this is a real igloo? Yeah. I mean, in a sense, I think it is more of a glorified greenhouse. But there are igloos popping up all across London. So restaurants... There's igloos popping up all across London. Um, restaurants are now offering more of a... How should, how should I say? Alpine inspired? Yes. Is that what you're going for? Yes. Alpine inspired. Absolutely. So we're, I think we feel like we're bringing apres ski to London with these with these igloos. Yes. So um, so where, where can you find an igloo? Um, Avery. Mm. Avery is, is, is a newbie on the igloo scene. Um, <laughs> it's in Shoreditch. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. Um, and great. You know, they've got nice boozy hot chocolates blankets views incredible um so go there if you want an igloo with a view okay amazing and there's a great one in the docklands called the sipping room which is complete with like hot water bottles they give you jumpers electric blankets and then you can do sharing plates and canapes and you just go in there with a couple of friends and sit and have dinner in an igloo yeah jimmy's lodge is also new on the south bank this year um fondue um a lot of very nice cheesy numbers the only problem with these igloos is they get booked up mm. really fast. So if you're really keen to eat in an igloo, I would say... Get, get on booking. it. Get booking. Get on the igloo. Yeah. What are other things that are taking off in London that are unusual? Activity bars. Okay. Activity... I'm going to sell it to you now. Okay, go on. People don't just want to drink anymore. Okay. They want something more. They want to go to an adult ball pit. <laughs> they want to go to an adult ball pit. Yeah. That... that it's happened. So the activity bars, so the idea, you go, you have a couple of cocktails and you just do something fun. Yeah. Okay. So um, Bally Ballerton is new on the scene. It started as a pop-up, did so well, and now 
they've opened in Shoreditch, um, and there's three adult ball pits that you can go into, have a drink with your mates. Right. Others on the scene are... I love Bounce. Like Bounce is my absolute favourite. If you haven't been there, it's in Hoban. They have um, loads of ping pong tables. You pay by hour and you just go have a couple of cocktails. You can get Prosecco delivered to your ping pong table. And it's such a fun night out. And it does make you think that like, if you have options, why just go to a pub anymore? Like, Why not go and do something kind of fun with your friends? Agreed. And um, if you really want to show off your skills... You can always go axe throwing in Whitechapel. God, yeah. There is an axe throwing bar. Um, I, d- I think of all the places to do it, I think Whitechapel would not be my choice. I think people yeah. are throwing axes in Whitechapel already. <laughs> but there is, yeah. It's, I apparently, don't think Whitechapel need any more axes. No, no more axes. But apparently it's huge in Canada, um, axe throwing, Canadian axe throwing. Really? So you go to the bar and you can do it as team building activities. That's what they say on the website. Um, office sort of parties. Not in East London. <laughs> and you go and it's, yeah, again, by hour, I think it's £20 an hour and you go and you throw some axes. I suppose it's a stress relief, really. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I mean... There's, there's axes and there's ping pong. Um, and later on the show, we have um, the f- co-founder of Swingers, which is a really great crazy golf bar. And we have the co-founder of Flight Club, where you can go and play darts. And we'll be hearing about their activity bars. Absolutely. Um, and finally, another big craze that's hit London in recent times is single item restaurants. Okay. I'm going I'm to sell it to you. Mm-hmm. People don't want an encyclopedia of a menu now they just want to know they just want one item but done really really well so a specialist yeah so you've got the cheese bar in Camden dishing up incredible cheesy dishes everything from fondue cheese toasties to uh, raclette everything you could want under the sun they do the most posh cheese toasties you can yeah. kind of get like a goat cheese walnut and honey and rosemary toasty like we're talking fancy cheese dishes yeah um, but if you like spuds there's the potato project in Soho do you like a spud? I actually love a jacket potato I think it's a very underrated thing it reminds me of my childhood yeah I love a spud so the potato project is a spud focused restaurant they just do jacket potatoes but they're like really gourmet jacket potatoes we're talking masaka jacket potatoes pulled barbecue duck mozzarella and sesame jacket potatoes just the works yeah it's, it's no cheese and bean <laughs> no <laughs> things have got very posh but I think it's showing a trend that people don't want like you say to have loads of things they just want things that are seasonal things that are specialist and just to have quality that's what people are looking at so when they go to the cheese bar in Camden it's because they know they're going to get incredible quality cheeses I agree um, and if you haven't already been to um, Balls and Company go on Greek Street incredible um, meatballs loads of different yeah, flavours the, the clue's in the name yeah. Balls and Company they just do meatballs <laughs> um, meatballs and sides but it's actually really fun I was a bit sceptical before I went but the concept's fun there are meatballs and you can order um, potatoes to go with it you can have pasta to go with it and you kind of build your own meal around the meatballs and they have veggie balls um, not words I thought I was going to say in this podcast and it's, it's really delicious and I really enjoy it and for something sweet ooh something sweet we've got where the pancakes are as the name suggests <laughs> pancakes they just do pancakes but very good pancakes but Dutch baby pancakes as well which mm. is kind of like um, how, how would you say they're bigger and fluffier yes bigger and fluffier but anything in there like savoury pancakes incredible sweet pancakes they're actually doing one right now for Christmas with turkey in it and cranberry sauce ooh festive pancake a festive pancake <laughs> but I mean pa- pancakes are a versatile food item I actually want to open 
a restaurant. It's okay. a nice restaurant. Sell it to me. Crumpets. Crumpets? That's all, this, that's all you sell. So you, it's just a crumpet restaurant? Yeah. But what kind of crumpets? Sweet, savoury. Fantastic. Do you know what? Crumpets, actually, in the kind of light of all the quinoa and all the fancy sourdough, like people have forgotten the crumpet, but the I crumpet agree. is a humble, it's got me through many a hangover. <laughs> I would go to your crumpet restaurant, yeah. Alicia. Yeah, um, and my star dish. Yeah. Ham. Yeah. Melted cheese. Yeah. Caramelised onion chutney. On a crumpet. Yeah. I'm selling it to myself, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone would like to fund my crumpet restaurant, like, yeah, Hovis, you're out there. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening. Awesome. <laughs> Hovis, if you're listening. Amazing. Well, thank you for telling us all these things for this year. Yeah. Very exciting things happening in the capital. This is the AT, the About Time podcast. So, podcast today is all about unusual things to do in London. With us now is Matt Grexmith. Hello. Um, hi, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. So, you are the founder of Swingers. That is correct. Tell us a little bit about Swingers. So, Swingers, not what it sounds like. Just thought I'd get that joke in before someone else does. Uh, it's a crazy golf club. We have uh, two nine-hole crazy golf courses, five bars, three street food outlets, and we're currently located in the city. Currently located, we're not going anywhere. Uh, in the city, right by the bottom of the Gherkin, and we are an unusual place to go out in London. And how did the idea for the bar come about? Um... So my background is in events and uh, so I kind of started off as a promoter and then worked in a big agency and organised um, stuff for brands and people were just always coming to us saying people want experiences, people want something to do and so we had just always had this idea that crazy golf could be a cool thing to do when you go out and we said to our friends, if we did a bar where you could do crazy golf, have a burger and have a cocktail, would you come? And people were like, oh my God, yes, I'd definitely do that. So it was fairly unanimous. We thought, let's give it a go. And then you ran it as a pop-up to kind of test the water? Yeah, we did. We ran it as a pop-up uh, in, I think it was September 2014 to February 2015. And it sort of went a bit viral, which was kind of, which is a good thing when things go viral generally. Yeah. Um, lots of jokes I could make, but I won't make them. Um, but yeah, actually, um, we launched and people loved the idea and they forwarded it to all their friends and our website crashed. And so that brought with it a whole set of problems. But we knew that people were really excited about the idea of doing this. And so we were sold out for a whole run. And then we thought, maybe let's do this as a permanent thing. People love a hole in one. Um, great. <laughs> Did I... you just say that? Yeah. <laughs> we were all thinking it's... <laughs> Someone else. Yeah. Really? Uh, it's this is a PG show. Uh, hey kids listening. Um, um, but I remember playing crazy golf when I was when I was a wee tot, you know, and it wasn't really that crazy. What like I mean, what else have you done? Because the courses you've got two, right? We do have two, yeah. And what are the, what are the differences? Is there any? Uh, no, I mean, we try and keep the courses fairly similar because if you're playing on one course, you don't want to feel like you're missing out on the other course. But yeah, I mean, the main thing is while you're playing, our caddies will bring you drinks. Okay. So we like to think that kind of sets it apart from your experience you had as a tot. On no one was bringing you cocktails yeah, while you were playing. So yeah, it's obviously taps into the nostalgia that everyone has where they get to come play crazy golf. Uh, but we'll ply you with drinks while you do it and we'll give you some really good food either before or after you play. And how do you want people to come away from the bar? Like, they go for the night out, what do you want them to feel? Are you tapping into that nostalgic, playful side of it? Uh, I want them to feel really drunk, first of all. 
Um, they've like literally spent all their money. Uh, but yeah, we wanted to feel like an immersive kind of experience. You kind of when you walk in, you know, if you go bowling, for example, you go to the cinema, you know exactly how this experience works. But when you walk into swingers, you're kind of confronted by a clubhouse and some greens, and it takes a bit of acclimatization. You have to kind of work out how do I interact with this. So we want people to think they just had a completely fresh, different experience had loads to drink, had some really good food and just thought, wow, I had lots of fun under one roof. I've spent all night here and, all my and probably no other, <laughs> no, nothing I'll ever do in my life will ever match up to this. That's, that's how I want people to feel. Fantastic. And what's the plans for you guys? Where's, where's the next thing is going to be? Uh, well, good that you asked that question. Uh, we it's are, like we rehearsed it. Yeah. It's like we did some research. <laughs> we are currently hard at work on Swingers West End, which mm-hmm. will open in March. Uh, mm-hmm. on the site of the old BHS the old flag- flagship BHS store got some pyjamas um, in there once yeah so now it's going to be marginally more interesting we hope um, that's a huge space yeah it's yeah, it's big it's uh, slightly bigger than the one we've got now um, and whereas the site we have now is themed like an English country golf club so we have a clubhouse and we've got the greens and all that sort of thing the new one has got a seaside theme so we've got a big bandstand bar we've got a grand hotel bar um, we've got a promenade with beach huts full of street food, uh, street food vendors. Um, so yeah, it's kind of really tapping into that nostalgia of the 1920s and crazy golf and taking it back to its roots. Sounds fantastic. Thank Thanks you so much, much for joining us. No worries. Alicia, tell us the news and brief for London this week. Okay, diaries at the ready. Um, Doodles, a two mission star um, restaurant in Hong Kong, is finally coming to London on um, the 28th of November, so tomorrow. Um, It's going to be mega. It's going to be great. Um, Incredible, incredible food. Um, I would recommend you to live in Hong Kong. used to go there as a treat. Um, But go for the Peking Duck. It will blow your mind. Um, Another opening is Winterville in Capham Common. It was in Victoria Park a couple of years ago. They've moved it down south. Um, We're talking street feast with um, street vendors like Mother Clucker. Chin Chin Labs are there. Backyard Cinema will be there. There's ice skating. There's a roller disco. There's entertainment. It's it's off the charts. Really good uh, winter activity. And lastly, we have a Mean Girls talent show at Hobson Bar and Kitchen on the 1st of November. Bring anything, you know, bang some spoons, interpretive dance, poetry. There's a 100 quid bar tab for you for grabs if you're the winner. Thank you so much. Cheers. So we're now joined by Steve Moore, co-founder of Flight Club, um, one of our favourite places to go out in London. It's an amazing darts bar in Shoreditch. Right. <laughs> 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 Stay honest, it is. I didn't say that, that's what it is. You haven't gone on a triple day though. <laughs> no, it is funny. We do go as a team. I did get a bullseye, Steve. I'm not going to Being heckled. Steve Moore, founder of Flight Club. Good evening. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Can you tell us what's the big idea behind Flight Club? Okay, so we wanted to inject a lot more passion, energy and atmosphere back into what we thought was going to be a pub. We felt like it was kind of wanting over the last kind of 15 years after the exciting 80s. Um, um, so we decided to kind of bring back one of Britain's biz- uh, biggest past- pastimes. <laughs> parsnips. <laughs> yeah, parsnips. 
Um, and to do that, we like supercharged it like crazy, like like amazing amount of technology, beautiful interior design, and amazing kind of um, uh, food and beverage kind of offer as well. Just Great to kind pizza. of really, it's really good. Yeah, it, it is. I'll tell you that. It's, it's just the food is awesome, and the and the tech is good. The the energy is amazing. So um, yeah, that's that's something that we really wanted to kind of bring back and bring it back in scale. So we kind of rather than kind of limp in with kind of like. People say, why don't you just do one one in a pub? And then we decided to open a kind of 400 capacity place with 12 playing areas, um, which was quite audacious at the time, but then turned out to be... Uh, well, you've had an incredible response with it, like 400,000 customers, 28 million darts, like yeah. these incredible numbers. Our research. <laughs> look at that, <laughs> that, that unbelievable amounts of research. Yeah. Um, did you expect such an incredible response to it? No, we were, we were slightly, I mean, we, we did so many focus groups. So we spent a lot of time building the product. So it, it started in my shed. And then we kind of took it to like secret places in London to build the, uh, we did that 250 focus groups over two years, um, which was frankly exhausting, but it was amazing because every time we did it, we learned a little bit more and then we built the technology around people. So actually when we launched, it was terrifying. Would anybody come, which they did in, in droves, but also the, the product was kind of commercial when it launched. It was quite sweet to see. So we took it from a two player game with you know, two, two big guys in a pub you know, hacking over a couple of pints of bitter to 24 people around in, in a playing area with really good like, Prosecco cocktails. Um, and it just went bang overnight. The aesthetic of the bar feels really important that it's just a beautiful place to be as well as you're doing something fun. Was that important, like the actual interiors and the design of it? Yeah, I mean, all elements are key. The gameplay was fundamental, but actually, as good as the gameplay is, the you, know, you want to be in a beautiful kind of environment. And I think, you know, I think it's exceptional. And we kind of, uh, we took the elements... So pub came, um, darts came from a pub, but the origins of it was a fairground. So our interior design is a fusion of the two. Um, so it's quite, quite electric when you see it, actually, with all the fairground lights and um, all that sort of stuff. So I, I think, yeah, interior design is really important. Do you think people's desire in going out and going to bars is changing? Do you think we're looking for something a bit more now? Is that your experience, both of you? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we wouldn't be in the careers that we're in but yeah people are telling us that they when they go out they want to do more they you know perhaps don't go out quite as often as they used to maybe they're they've got a bit less money than uh, perhaps had in the past and so when people go out they want it to really count they want to have a great experience they want something they can put on social media they want good food good drink don't want anything to um, kind of let their night down so by coming to a venue like Flight Club or Swingers you know you, you're guaranteed to have lots of fun with your friends and kind of tick a lot of boxes so I think yeah so it taps into the zeitgeist at the moment yeah there's a lot of energy in that sector if done well an activity with like food and drink as well at the same time is I think it's soaring if, if done well because <clears throat> you're absolutely right there's only so much you can do in a pub now, you know. Mm. But now when you see the, the amount of engagement that, um, that our customers have and, and the swingers as well, like there's no, bo- there's no mobile phones on the use. People are engaged in the activity. Absolutely. They're hanging out with their mates and it gives them something to talk about. You know, I think when you pop out of a cinema and then go, wah, 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 wah. well, that happens throughout the activity now with um, what, what both uh, Fly Club and Swingers do, which is, um, I think, a very positive impact on what I think is a struggling industry with, um, with restaurants and bars. Mm. And what's, what's next for you guys? 
Well, we've, we've opened Flight Club 2, which is Flight Club Bloomsbury. It's a lovely word, isn't it? Just around the corner from here, um, which has um, just gone so incredibly well. We have a big carousel bar from a fairground in there. Um, and then we'll be um, looking to launch another one in uh, London very soon and then in the, in the north of England and in four months' time in Good Chicago. Well, well, Grimsby's on the shortlist. <laughs> right, right. Grimsby, yeah, is it Manchester? Is it Grimsby? You know, you know, fifty-fifty. But yeah. they still play darts, like yeah, the, the Burning Man. Yeah, maybe not that. Then. No. But can you make Grimsby any better? Look, I, mean, I mean, it's already. It's peaked. It has three Gregs within walking distance of well, each other. Well, there we go. So. The, the, F and B's State Bakes. It's yeah. I mean, to be fair, they've got all we need. So really, I mean, our goal is then to um, we have quite a kind of unique selling point with the patent, the technology, and we want to take social darts um, as a product to as many places around the world and the UK as possible. Because frankly, it's just really, really good, and it's exciting to see uh, people kind of um, um, really enjoying a night out. So that's kind of our goal is to kind of see it kind of. Um, Go everywhere, really. Fantastic. Well, wish you luck with it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. From food to fitness, bars to going out, this is the AT, the About Time podcast. And now, a word from our sponsor. This week's podcast is kindly sponsored by Book a Table by Michelin. Like us, they think we should all get out more and make the most of London. Whether it's a new opening, afternoon tea with a twist, or dinner in an igloo you're after, they're our go-to source for restaurant recommendations. In fact, if you're in need of some inspiration, tweet at Book a Table, along with their helpful followers, they'll send some ideas your way. Thankfully, they've also got an eye for a bargain, so you may soon find yourself living the high life at a Michelin-style restaurant, taking tea with furry friends at a cat cafe, or tucking into a free-flowing brunch. We'll be sharing some of Booker Table's top restaurant tips throughout the season, so watch this space. So as part of our podcast, every week we're going to be discussing two places that we visited recently and giving you an honest review, probably more honest occasionally than we are on the internet, um, because it's a podcast, so we can be. Um, and we, we, this week we're talking about some of the unusual things to do in London that we visited recently. So I popped down to one of these igloos that we discussed earlier. I went to Copper Club, which is in Tower Bridge. It's kind of like really iconic. It's one of the first ones. I think, it was the, the I think yeah, I think it was the genesis of igloos. <laughs> Um, Copper Club. It started something. It did. It started something huge. Uh, they're very beautiful. They're quite iconic. We're, you'll see, we'll put a guide out and you'll see what they look like. They're very iconic looking over Tower Bridge. Um, and I popped down to have dinner there and surprised my boyfriend. I think as a surprise, it's a really great thing to do because it's not something you might have heard about. And often the person you're taking wouldn't have heard about it either. And he, was, he really loved it. The downside, I'd say, is because they are so famous now and they're literally all over Instagram you basically end up kind of photobombing the world and everyone comes outside your igloo and is taking photos of themselves outside the igloo so I felt like the whole evening while I was having dinner I was at the back of everyone's tourist snaps and it does make it a quite unprivate affair we so it's a bit like you're in a fishbowl yeah a little bit in a fishbowl yeah in a greenhouse sort of fishbowl I mean you know we were trying to get all romantic and snog and it just it just didn't really did I just say snog great congratulations I'm 15 um, and it just yeah it wasn't that relaxing because yeah. 
because we're in the back of everyone's photos. So I think that is the reality of the igloos, the dark side of the igloos, is that they aren't the most private of affairs and everyone is Snapchatting and going a bit mental. The other thing I'd say about Copper Club is that the food does not match the decor. I mean, you know how every restaurant has some version of a hummus? Like when they're trying to be gourmet and they have like a jalapeno hummus or a smoked aubergine hummus. Just don't don't tamper unless it's worth it. So I had a fava bean and mint hummus with charred flatbread and it was just like wallpaper paste and the fava beans just added nothing. So keep it classic. The thing is, is you can't go wrong with a humble chickpea. (laughs) Don't try and mix it up too much. No, I, I just love hummus. M&S olive oil hummus is the yeah, finest so yeah the, the food wasn't fantastic had a sticky toffee pudding that was deeply dry like it was crying out for some sauce and the food did let it down but if you're just going for an experience I'd recommend Copper Club and you know go for the original igloo experience in London um, so what I'm, have you been up to? Well, that was a little different actually okay so where did you go? Um, I actually went to the adult ball pit okay. I went to Bally Ball so we went together um, yes we did go together um, one of, we went as a, a team night out team bonding session in a ball pit which actually one of our team members cut her finger <laughs> so in, in, the, in the ball pit in the ball pit don't ask us how so the ball pit um, did shut for a while um, what I would say is that it is mad you know this is people who are slightly intoxicated no, they're intoxicated. Um, and it just it gets quite violent. So what's the idea? You go in and there's just two ball pits. No, there's three. There's three ball pits and you, you go in and you have a certain amount of time in the ball pit. Because you don't really want a lot of time in the ball pit because there's not really a lot to do in there. I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of you know, dry humping. <laughs> Can I, say I did step on two people getting off in the ball pit, and yeah. I thought, I'm, you know, I wanted to say to her, he's, he's not a keeper. If he's, <laughs> if he's trying to kiss you under the balls in the ball pit, get out while you yeah. can. Get out. Um, yeah, I actually lasted five minutes in the ball pit because someone did actually hit me in the face with a ball, um, and it made my eye weep. Um, so I went and had some pizza, which, by the way, the food's really delicious. The pizza is good, guys. Um, I, I consoled myself with some pizza. For what it is, it's fun. Um, and it, it's you know if you take your, your mates and you can get a good gaggle together but there's only so long you can actually just spend like throwing balls at each other or just like sat there do you know what I mean like I don't is like, it a flash in the pan do you think I don't know because it was teeming when we went it was so busy but again it's almost like take any concept go to Shoreditch with it and people will pay like 20 quid for yeah. it you can do what you want can I sell you another concept go on um supermarket sweep right the live edition so we do a bar that features supermarket sweep yeah like a, it, we basically replicate Morrison's in a bar <laughs> and we give people trolleys and, and they get trolleyed yeah. and they get trolleys yeah, yeah. I like it. Should yeah. we sell it to Morrison's? Yeah, if Morrison's, if you are listening, I think so. like a life size, an actual version of, you know, Supermarket Suite. And there's someone. Bring like, back a classic. Yeah, let's bring back a classic. Thank you, Alicia. Yes, I mean, I think, it, I think it's got legs. Or wheels. And that <laughs> So, one other thing that we did in our investigations into unusual things to do in London is we popped down to Bounce and Hoban, um, which is a ping pong bar. And they've just launched these new electronic tables, which are super cool. And we went to check them out. Oh, you're making a face. I said they were super cool and you're making a face. I mean, they're cool, don't get me wrong. They're electronic and they it's quite good when you're like rallying. 
but what's wrong with a good old ping pong table? It's like a concept within a concept. So yeah. they're, they're these specialist tables that are, they can detect the sensor of the ball and you can play games on the table and it's just computerized that it understands what you're doing, can play against your proponent. It's very fancy. It's very swanky. But I really enjoyed the computerized element. I thought it was really fun. Maybe it's because Halloween and I'd had a lot to drink. <laughs> but I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I see where you're coming from. But at the same time, I'm like, I just want to... It almost became... An old-fashioned rally. <laughs> just just want to rally with my pals. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I like that. It is a bit mad. There's a lot of balls. Like... We've spoken a lot about balls. Can yeah. I just say, we've spoken about veggie balls at Balls & Co, balls at Bally Balls and, and Balls Amounts. Um, this, this, this is, is not a common theme. This is a balls-themed podcast. Um, yeah, I think it's fun. It, it does add another element to the game of ping pong, which, you know, ping pong can lack a bit of... I once went on a first date to bounce and it just... It was a bit awkward because he was like insanely competitive and it's like it's almost like seeing that the first time you meet and you're just like no I'm out like unbelievably competitive and you sort of think when it's a first date it's like let a girl win do you know what I mean I mean I know feminism is love and well but let a girl win from time to time and this guy was giving me he wasn't letting go so that was my experience to bounce not marriage material no not marriage material good kisser though anyway (laughs) and what are we rounding off the show with Angelica so next we're going to do a QA and a section this is the AT, the About Time podcast. So in this section of the show, we are asking you to send in your requests for lifestyle in London and we're going to help you solve all your lifestyle problems. You can actually tweet us you with can. questions. At the underscore AT show. Yes. Um, if you tweet us throughout the week, we'll answer your questions live on the show. Yes. So um, this week, because the podcast was top secret, we couldn't do that. So instead, we round up um, some of our most commonly asked questions that readers um, send in emails and DMs and all kinds of things, even Facebook Messenger. I'm like, nowhere's a safe space <laughs> for me, honestly. Um, and we get asked the same questions again and again, so we thought we'd answer them. The first thing we're asked very often is, where should I take my mum for a nice meal in London? I've taken mum to a few nice meals in London. Tell us. Well... Um, I really like for brunch um, Modern Pantry mm-hmm. in um, Parkman. Yeah. Um, Anna Hansen, smashed it out of the park. Really great, inventive, quirky dishes. Just great coffee. They do a good <laughs> oat milk cappuccino. So niche. Uh, yeah, I hate myself saying that. <laughs> but just really, and, and the vibe there. Um, I just think it's it's one of those places that you know you can take your mum and she'll be like, yeah, loves it. Gold, yeah. Good old Anna Hansen. For me, there's two places that I really like. My mum loves an afternoon tea. You know, keep it British, refined. Like afternoon tea is like the most unnecessary meal. Like it's not even a meal time. Where does it fit in? But she loves it. There's one I'd really recommend um, at Town House at the Kensington, which is a beautiful hotel in Kensington, and they do a Beauty and the Beast themed afternoon tea. Really fun. Like they've designed the crockery all around the afternoon tea. I've not heard the word crockery <laughs> in years. <laughs> Well, yeah. it's great crockery, <laughs> top marks for the crockery, but it's really sweet. And all, yeah, the, it's a really whimsical afternoon tea. All the tea and the food is themed around Beauty and the Beast. I really liked it, and my mum loved it as well. Um, and one other place that I adore for, for your mum or for a date, really for anything, is Dalloway Terrace. Ah. Oh, it's just the best. So nice. It's like a little hidden secret. It's in Bloomsbury. It's a winter themed terrace at the moment, and they've really kitted out. It just looks like Narnia. It's beautiful, kind of white fur rugs Fakes and. Fake 
Fair. 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 We do not promote fair. <laughs> we do not condone. <laughs> no, I think condone no, condone's the wrong word. We don't condemn. Wait, what? I'm confused. Anyway. Yeah. We don't like it. <laughs> we don't like it. Um, really beautiful hot water bottles and, you know, they do like boozy hot chocolates and I mean, it's just so wintry and it's really special and if you go in the evening or if you can go for afternoon tea there as well, every mum will love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, this is a good question actually. We do get this quite a lot. Um, where's your favourite place for a second date in London? I think, as well, we first said, you know, a lot of people go for drinks. Spoons. Obviously. Classy. I mean, the one near Tottenham Court Road is probably the biggest spoons in London, so just thought <laughs> I'd throw in that fact. Um, but I think... Um, second dates is harder, isn't it? Yeah. Second and third dates, because you've got to start to impress. You've got to do something a bit more than just drinks. I think uh, Rowan's and Finsbury Park, always fun. Bowling. It's bowling, yeah. Bowling with a really cool games room. It's a bit mad, Rowan. Unless you get something really competitive, like yeah. I did. But um, it's the best possible man. And you get vodka slushes. So for me, I like a cinema date. Um, and one of my favourite places is the Everyman. They have them all over London, but I really like the Everyman in Hampstead. And it's so fun. It's a really special cinema experience because it's basically like a fancy cinema. You can get a double sofa for two. So you sit together and you can order wine and snacks to your, um, to your little booth. And it's such a nice way of going to the cinema and you can kind of cuddle up. It's quite Ooh, romantic. Fancy. Somewhere else that I absolutely love is 2850. There's one um, near Maddox Street and there's one in on Marlebone Lane. And they're wine bars that do cheese and they also do like a little bit of small plates and you can have more substantial food. But I like to just go sit at the bar and they're so nice there. And it's it's kind of wine without being super pretentious. You can chit you can chit chat to the sommelier, you can say like what kind of wines you're looking for, and they really help you, but it doesn't feel stuffy. And I think for a date it's a fun experience. Yeah. And also just like so much cheese and it's great and it's not super expensive and it's quite romantic and it's one of those places 2850 you take someone and they're just going to be quite impressed that you picked it oh I like that something else that we're asked so often is about independent restaurants and where are our favourite independents to go in London you know when you don't want to go to a chain you want to do something different where do you love this independent Um, I've got quite a lot Um, for brunch I know everyone goes on about it but it's right around the corner from my house um, is Sunday in Barnsbury. It's just one of those cafes. Yes, the queue at the weekend is an hour. M- you know, plus. Do you get snacks in the queue? Because I'm only willing to queue for an hour if you get sort of little snacks. I mean, if I'm honest, I, like, I'm not a fan of queuing. No. For food. Um, so I go in the week when you can book a table. Um, if you can get there in the week, really recommend great avocado on toast incredible bacon maple syrup pancakes just really good coffee um the waitresses are just you know just really friendly um also hybrid Islington way vagabond n7 they're known for their coffee uh fantastic place as well they do really good brunch dishes good veggie fry up um amazing sandwiches i've really i actually want to go there should we get a nap? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really good. Yeah. What about you? For me, because we're based in Camden, I mean, there aren't that many places to eat that I like in Camden. So we tend to go to Primrose Hill a lot. And there's yeah. so many independents there that I really love. Greenbury is one that I go to very often. I mean, again, crazy queues on the weekend, but during the week, um, it's a little bit um, a little bit better to get in there. They do really nice brunch, really nice atmosphere. But another place that, it's not a restaurant, but I think it's just something that every Londoner has to do is they have to go to Hampstead and get a Hampstead crepe. Yeah. Like the creperie in Hampstead is just famous for a reason. It's the best. It's When you see the amount of butter that they put on it before what was what's your favorite filling 
it's got to be the Belgian dark chocolate with banana. Like, Ooh, sometimes I'm in a savoury mood, but then, like, there's this little voice in my head that's like, if you don't get the chocolate and banana one, like, you have no soul. Yeah. So I've never strayed, and, yeah, I've judged people that have got a savoury one, because it's the chocolate one is just unbelievable. It's just beyond... They kind of caramelise banana a bit. It's just unbelievable. Ooh. So uh, worth the queue. You just go there on a Sunday... To get your crap on, it's so good. Are they are they there all the time? Um, I think it's not open on Mondays. Okay. Yeah, but it is open till 11pm because I've got one, you know, <laughs> after a few drinks before. I think that's all we've got time for. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please do tweet us at the underscore 80 show with your questions for next week. Um, we'll do everything that we can to answer them. Um, next week, we're going to be chatting about veganism in London. And we've got some interesting vegan guests on the show talking all about that plant-powered goodness. Absolutely. Um, I've been Alicia. And I'm Angelica. And you've been listening to The AT. been listening to the AT. For more of the best things to do in London and beyond, visit abouttimemagazine.co.uk or follow us at About Time Mag. This has been a candy store production for About Time Magazine, hosted by Angelica Malin and Alicia Grimshaw and produced by Van Connor. Spirit Body by Ketzer appears under Creative Commons 3.0. Visit ketzermusic.com for more, with recording facilities in partnership with Jova London. Head to jovalondon.com for more information.